It's my privilege today to introduce um, some of my dear friends, the Usseries. They've been here since early August and have been super busy and having loads of fun. And it doesn't take you very long in, in hearing what they have to say to recognize their passion and then to just be in awe of the way that God has brought people into their lives, um, really important people and influential people in Europe. And so it is my privilege today to welcome Allie and Nate and Elliot and Tilly um, here at Elam. So please help me welcome them. Good morning, everybody. It's great to be back here. Um, as you can tell, I'm not from this area. Um, we actually live in North Wales in the UK, and um, we've got three children, teenagers. Tilly and Elliot are here with us, and uh, we said goodbye to our 18, nearly 19-year-old son yesterday as he went off on a, an adventure for six months to serve in a house in uh, Washington, D.C. Um, some of you may remember I was here about 18 months ago and I shared about the work that I'm doing on anti-human trafficking. But my um, links with Elim go back a long time, not to make some of you in this room feel really old, but a long time, um, back to 1991 when I first met some of you when I was living and working in Romania. And um, through those contacts, um, it's, that's the whole, one of the, major influences of how I even came to this area and I studied at Bethany College in Bloomington where I met Nate and then you as a church have been supporting us all these years in, in the ministry that we have been involved with in southeastern Europe and um, it's been really exciting really challenging to see the way that God has used us as a family and in recent years, how I've got more involved in, in the social justice side of mission, in showing uh, the love of Jesus in practical ways to survivors of, of human trafficking and modern slavery, and also using the contacts that we've developed over the years to influence policy um, within the European Union and our governments um, in the region. So um, just since I was here, um, 18 months ago, um, I have my nonprofit has really been growing. We've been very busy in the UK and um, been invited to do some anti-slavery, anti-trafficking work in the Balkans, in Croatia and Albania. Continue my links with Romania, and really sad to say that there's so much of that horrible crime going on in that part of the world. And I think back to all those years ago when I was working in the orphanages, and I never ever believed. 28 years later that um, some of those kids that grew up in the orphanages were then entered into exploitation, um, sold by orphanage directors or local police or whatever. So that's where I spend a lot of my time and effort is um, dealing with those sort of issues in Europe. I'll let Nate tell you a little bit more about what he does. Thank you. Um, it's nice to be back and we don't do separate work. It's like all the same work. It's just uh, Ali has a real gift and calling to work with the poor. I think I shared that last time I was here. And I also work with the poor, but um, I feel like working with the young people 
and then training them to do the things that we do, working with the poor, makes sense. So I spend a lot of my time with young people, and then um, it's been great to see how now they're older people, and they're doing exactly what Ali's do, doing, the locals in their own countries, and those are the people that, that she's working with. One thing I wanted to share with you today is um, about uh, mission or purpose statements. And uh, yours is, Elam Church exists for the purpose of helping people know Christ, to grow in faith, and to become engaged in ministry. And uh, I've been now on the leadership of Bethany Mission in Bloomington, and we've been working on our purpose, and it's to take the church to where it's not and help other people to do the same, you know? Um, and uh, it is important to know what is your purpose, you know, individual purpose, but then the church or the people you're working with, what is it that we're trying to achieve? And then you're able to look back and say, oh, I'm doing it or I'm not doing it and we can improve in this way or in that way. And I say that to say, um, they asked me a year ago to become the European regional leader for Bethany Mission. And when we moved to the UK, after we worked in Croatia, there was the Bosnian War, then there was another war, then there was all these other things going on. And then we had children, and we, Ali said, I feel God wants us to go back to the UK. And I was feeling at the time that uh, we were going away from the ministry, like away from where the wars are, that we would be less useful for God in the UK, uh, than actually where it was all happening. And I remember, I didn't say anything to the kids or even to Allie that much, but I was saying to God, does it make sense that I go 1,000 miles away from where the action is, you know? Um, but looking back on it now, what happened was, because God had plans for me to be the European uh, director, but because he had plans for me to work in more than just one country, by staying in one country, I could work in that country. But when I left to go to the UK, what happened was all the country, I mean, uh, that didn't like the Croats or the Serbs were fighting with them and the Albanians, and there's all these countries that don't get along with each other. We were kind of in a neutral country then, which was still only an hour or two hour flight to where we needed to be. and. Uh, so they all started inviting me, can you come and help us with this? We need to start a church here. We need to work with the parliament and get a prayer group going in our country. And so now in that part of Southeastern Europe, almost every parliament has a little prayer group uh, in, of leaders that are running the country. But also the churches, they all have churches in each of the countries and the churches are starting to grow. And it's not because I left, but it was because I left I was able to get a heart for a bigger area because sometimes if you're just in a small um, country of four million, you see those four million people and even the church in Croatia, they were really only new 25 years ago. I mean, most of them were meeting in homes, not in church buildings and they weren't thinking about their, let's go over to Serbia and visit our enemies and tell them about uh, Jesus, which was the first one, helping other people come to know Christ. 
they were just concerned about their village or maybe even the, the area where, where they were. Um, I wanted to share one thing that Jesus said today, a Bible verse that I really like. And uh, I know it by heart, but I just want <laughs> to not make a mistake. John 14, 6, I am the way, the truth, and the life. And um, one thing I, I wanted to say about this, I am the way, the truth, and the life, is that um, people, wherever they are in the world, they want direction. They want to know the way. Like uh, when the war is going on, they want to know like, how do I get out of this situation? Um, there, people are always looking for what is the way to succeed? What is the way to do this, to do that? Uh, and so people want uh, to know the way. Then um, I'm thinking about the truth. There is, or I believe there's, there's his way, you know, God's way. But then there's also the truth, the universal truth, or we could say the teachings of Jesus that what he taught is true. And, um, and then there's the life, you know, having the, the way, the truth, and the life. And what I was uh, thinking in regards to um, this verse is that we know he's the way for all people. We know he's the truth for all people. And we know he is the life for all people. And so tying in with the vision thing, Helping people come to know Christ, uh, in a way, is showing them the way. The way to, it's introducing them to the way. He said he's the way, so it's introducing them to Jesus. The truth, I mean, how you can leap it into faith is like, um, if you can imagine in countries where they've never knew, they never knew how to pray. So I meet a 50-year-old person, and they say they've never prayed. So you're trying to... Um, Help them grow in their faith by um, knowing the truth and by learning how to pray, to read the scriptures, all these kinds of things to have fellowship. They never went to church. You're introducing them to a small group and then to church. So the way, the truth, and then um, the life. And um, I, when I was thinking about the life, I was thinking um, what yours says, becoming engaged in ministry, you know, that's one way. But I was thinking also um, people want, all people want to feel loved, you know, like um, wherever you go, people want friends, people want to feel a part of, of a group. And there's so many people that if they don't feel that anyone loves them, if they don't feel there's any purpose to live, um, some people, uh, it, it's a bad place to be in. And so when you form these communities that love God with all their heart, soul, mind, strength, they love their neighbors, they're helping each other, it's something that everyone wants to join and to be a part of. And they feel purpose and they feel that they have something to do. And so this is what we like to create. So like the way, the truth, and then the life. And it's a different way to, to live. And um, so this is one thing I think about.
We should always be thinking about the way, talking about the truth, and then the action is living the life. And um, one thing that I try to do, and it might be good that you guys do the same, is that I try to, um, everything that I do, I'm trying to think, is it about the way? Is it about showing people the way to eternal life? Is it about the truth, his principles, and his teachings? And is it something that brings life to people? And is it something that's good for the people? And with yours, it's, um, are the things I'm doing helping people come to know Christ or, or not? It, are the things that I'm doing helping me to grow in my faith or not? And am I becoming engaged in ministry or not? You know, and so um, yeah. The, in a way, the the little talk today is just to say, you know, we all should be loving God and loving each other, and we should all be um, knowing the way, the truth, and the life, and sharing that with others. And I'll just end with a few stories. They're quite different stories, but they're all about this uh, basic idea. So in um, Earlier this summer, I went with my two sons, and we took a group of people to the Czech Republic. And in the Czech Republic, it's very close to Poland, where some of you have uh, gone uh, recently. But it's uh, statistically, and statistics are hard to know how they got them, but there's the least amount of believers in all the European countries per person in the Czech Republic. So an example would be if there's a place like... Um, Kakedo, you might have five or six people that are believers, you know? This is the way that it is. So it's very hard to find them. Well, these uh, guys had this vision that they wanted to have a camp for people to come and hear about Jesus, and they were going to call it the Life um, Factory, I think it was, the Life Factory. So um, they were looking, and all the buildings were either too expensive or they just weren't big enough or whatever. So then one day they found this old concentration camp. It was uh, from World War II, and nobody wanted to buy it, so it was very cheap. And um, they said, well, I don't know if we should. Well, the next day someone in the church had a dream about a big pot of gold coins and like someone pouring them out. So to make a long story short, within a week, the pastor, young guy, met a guy, and he said, I've been saving these gold coins in case I had to leave the country, and I want to give them to the church. And, he, and he, they weren't in a cup for it out, but they were stacked on the table. And when he sold them, he had enough to get this uh, concentration camp, and they've called it the Life Factory. So a place that was used for death and or for bad is now used for life, you know? And um, it was really encouraging. So we did some work projects there and so forth. So that's one example. And then another interesting thing was also this summer, I was in Albania. And when I first went to Albania, there was, we couldn't find any believers in the parliament, in the leadership of the country. And there were a few people that, um, were interested. So we started meeting and just praying and reading the Bible. And over time, there were three or four. 
And so 15 years ago, I think I might have mentioned it before, we had an event in Albania where those five or six people invited all the leaders of the country to come together and pray because there were some bad things going on and they needed God to show up. And after that event, now every year it's been taking place. What happened again just this summer in, in Albania, and now there's 35 members of the parliament uh, that love Jesus and that meet together. So it's really noticeable. And they invited over 300 of the leaders from all of the other countries in uh, Europe that are surrounding. And so we had a room as big as this, more people than this, and they were just all um, praising the Lord and learning about Jesus. And so that was encouraging, you know, to me, is that the few are actually um, now introducing others to Christ. And um, the final thing I wanted to say is when Ali and I went out to Croatia in the beginning, one of my, the first people we did the project with was this guy, Drajan Glavish, and he was my same age, you know? And this one's a little bit harder to say, but he died, you know, this year. And um, that was really hard for me, personally. And um, um, what was I going to say about him? But the thing is, um, we had a small group of people. He was from Croatia. There was another friend from Serbia. And we would talk often, what is the way, you know, what does Jesus want to do in the Balkans? What, what kinds of things can we teach? What truth can we share with people, you know? And what kind of things can, you know, so we were dreaming together about what God was going to do. And then he's like, let me just finish my PhD and then we'll do it. And so he finished his PhD, and then like one month later, he died. And um, so I guess the point of that one is that we just don't know like how much time we have um, as individuals, but also access to countries. Sometimes you can be there, and then like a few years later, you can't be there. Sometimes you'll have 35 people in the parliament and then they might get unelected and they might not be there you know next year so we need to i'm just encouraging you that you need to make the most of every opportunity you have to um, talk about the way introduce people to jesus and uh, do these things because uh, we just don't know uh, but it was great to be here we do have photos but they're on my phone, so if you want to see them, you can talk to me after, and I can show you some pictures. But also get to know uh, Elliot and Tilly, and uh, thank you all for your prayers and support. <laughs>